Welcome to the Chicago Golf Report Podcast, brought to you by ChicagoGolfReport.com, covering everything golf in Chicago. Our guest this episode is Garrett Chassard, who is the Director of Instruction at Skokie Country Club. Prior to teaching, Garrett played golf at the University of Illinois and competed on the PGA Tour of Canada. Yeah, so I... I got into it from my dad. My dad was a golfer, or still is a golfer. Um, I grew up in Northern California, and um, he very, um, you know, he played, you know, weekend golfer and got me into the game very young age. I was four years old, so that was um, kind of the very start of it. And he actually, for for a brief time, uh, worked part-time at a driving range uh, so he could take golf balls, and, and I did it. Um, as well as I got a little bit older. So I ended up hitting a lot of golf balls when I was younger and, and really sort of fell in love with it from there. Um, that progressed into me being, you know, kind of becoming a competitive player. And that's really where a lot of, you know, where I've come from or, or done most of my time in golf is as a competitive player. I was a competitive junior player, um, then got good enough to uh, earn a D1 scholarship at the University of Illinois. I was in Mike Small's first recruiting class back in 2001, and then, you know, pretty solid career down at Illinois, and then I tried to play full-time for a while, and had some, you know, some small successes here or there, um, kind of one big highlight, uh, qualifying for the U.S. Open in 2008 was a big qual- was highlight of my competitive career, to date anyway, and um, from there, you know, playing professional golf is really difficult. I didn't, uh, didn't end up having the success or, or sustaining as much success as I needed to, and that sort of evolved into kind of the teaching role, and that was about the time I hooked up with Kevin Weeks down at Cog Hill, and that got me started. I kind of interned for him for a summer where, you know, just setting up for clinics and watching him give his lessons um, indoor and out. Uh, spent that winter a lot of time behind the computer in his putting lab um, in the barn at Cog Hill, um, progressed uh, through there and started teaching my, you know, giving my own lessons the year after that and really have just kind of started, continued the learning process of of just continuing to get better at teaching and, and learning more about the game. And I think a lot of what drives me is being a competitive player. I will almost describe it as I was a failed player, in, in at least in my view, right? I, my goal was always to play on the PGA Tour, and um, I did not achieve that goal. So I think I always search for, you know, for more reasons why that might have been the case, so do a lot of studying now and, um, you know, really take that education really seriously. It's one of the main things that I learned through Kevin and Doc Subby at Cog Hill and a lot of the mentors that I've had now, I'm just continuing to learn. And that progressed eventually to uh, working at Chicago Highlands Club for a couple of years as, as their director of instruction to now uh, where I'm at now at Skokie up here in Glencoe. So let's uh, take a step back. I recently interviewed uh, Mike Small, and um, it became very apparent why he's been so successful, not only as a player but as a coach, because you could see that uh, really, um, you could see he's intensely focused and driven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he, he also said something, too, in there that, that I thought was interesting. He said that uh, my goal was always to play on the PGA Tour, but it, it, you could tell it still bothered him that he never won on the PGA Tour. And he said that if my goal was to win on the PGA Tour, he said he probably would have accomplished that. Now, for yeah. you, um, how does that kind of 
unfold. Firstly, I mean, you said you were you were part of the, the his first group, his first recruiting class yeah. in 2001. What was it like to play under Mike Small? And and I'm sure the Illinois program was a lot different then than it is now. I would assume. Yeah, it was a lot different then. You know, the time that so coach had taken over his first year was the year prior to me getting there, uh, to our class getting there. So we, the program was, I'd say, not in a great place then. Um, you know, very, very much the bottom of the Big Ten, or, you know, near the bottom of the Big Ten for the few years before Coach took over. And then our recruiting class got in, came in, and, and we kind of shot up. We finished second at Big Ten Championships that year, got to nationals, actually led nationals my freshman year uh, through the first round with three freshmen, a sophomore, and a junior. Uh, so very young. We kind of turned it around pretty quickly, at least got the train started to roll in that direction. And I think the biggest focus at the time was, and as as you can probably imagine from, from Coach Small, it's, you know, your goals are very focused on golf. Uh, you know, they're all the other distractions um, of maybe of college and everything else. Like, we, we were a much more focused group. I think that was obviously one of the things Coach recruited us because our goals were to play at the next level. So we took our golf very seriously. It wasn't just um, – it wasn't just going out to play. It was there were some serious goals uh, post college for for all of us that that he recruited, and that's I think one of the major tenets that he still holds to this day. Um, you know, and it, we tried to I think started to change the culture towards that, and, and he's obviously been able to continue it and, and really build on some of that where they've you know one of the best college continually one of the best college programs in the country. So when you're part of such a program like that, like you said, that's just annually at the top of the list, and you know you were kind of at the forefront of it. Do you get to you get to stay in contact with other Illini? Do you ever, you know, meet other uh, players who kind of came after you? Is there sort of a networking component to that at all? A little bit of that, uh, actually. You know, it's funny you bring that up. We have our our alumni match uh, after the PGA show here in a couple of weeks, and I'm I'm going to that this year. Uh, so that'll be fun to to catch up with some of the current guys, and I know there's a couple of us um, from the past that will be there as well. So it'd be fun to reconnect with some of them and, and make new, um, you know, new relationships. I know I do know, um, you know, a couple of kids they have on have on the team now. I played a little bit with Brendan O'Reilly, who's currently there, and and uh, and played at the Illinois Open with Tommy Cool, from uh, who will be going next year, I believe, if I'm I believe I'm correct on that. But uh, so I've got a little bit of definitely some connection we keep in touch, and, and Coach still plays competitively in some of the events, so I tend to see him uh, here or there at, at an Illinois Open or our section championship and, and some of our other events, and, and we keep in touch too. So we're that network of, of Illinois alums is, is pretty large, and, and Coach is doing a, a good job now of keeping that, keeping us connected a bit better. So obviously, um, Coach Mike Small, big influence in terms of a mentor as a player, as a coach. You have some pretty big mentors as well. You mentioned Kevin Weeks, Doc Suddy. Those are big names, especially here locally mm-hmm. and certainly nationally. Um, how right. have they impacted your career as you've evolved now into an instructor? So you know, I think I mentioned that earlier a little bit with just the continual learning. You know, I'll throw throw Doc out there. He's been been in the business for for so long, and, and he has one of the better quotes that that I always kind of remember. He got up in front of our teaching and coaching summit one year and said, you know, I started uh, teaching golf 20 years ago with all the answers, and I stand in front of you now with none of them. And 
I thought that was pretty interesting for somebody who knows as much about biomechanics and, and, and how it applies to golf to still be continually learning. And what I saw through him at Cog Hill, um, you know, integrating technology and all this new stuff that, that he really liked and, and even more so with Kevin and, and, and his putting research that I was very closely involved in uh, at the time down there, which was really, really fun. And, and really I was allowed to, I don't want to say question, but like the environment was very much, you know, we're not stuck in one way of doing it. You know, what is, what is in the future? What are we going to, like, what are the new ways or better ways of doing things? And so that's, I think, a major influence on why I uh, spend a lot of time trying to talk to smart people that do it really well in our business teaching and, and try and stay on the cutting edge of, of all the technology and everything that's out there. So right now, with your role at Skokie Country Club, what types of players do you work with? I know that you're heavily involved with junior golf. Um, are you there different sort of uh, – do you reach the whole gamut in terms of scratch players all the way through, say, amateurs, or do you kind of tend to focus in a specific area? With this role, I, I hit every – every conceivable portion of the golfing population, really. Um, you know, I've, I still do teach some beginners, not many, but I've got, you know, a few that are, that are getting into the game that, that we do. Most of them are on the junior side, but definitely have some adults that are less experienced. I've, I've, I still teach them. I'd say the, the large majority are your regular member lessons that are, you know, the people that have been playing golf for a long time. And then the other major component of that is our junior development um, and specifically where, where I spend most of my time in the kind of our competitive player environment of training, you know, the high school players or, or potentially college players and kind of starting that, you know, helping them develop their games to the point where they can play in tournaments and, and succeed and, and achieve any goals that they uh, have set for themselves. So I've got a nice group, nice group of the club of about eight to 12 kids, depending on the time of year, that are that are serious, but really serious about the game, and it's something that we're going to continue to grow through what we do with our younger developmental kids as well. So that's where a lot of my time is spent, but but I hit everybody. I get the, I, I hit the whole spectrum, for sure. It's interesting with your recent background that you've, uh, you were at Chicago Highlands and now you're at Skokie Country Club. Can you talk a little bit about the the difference between working at a fairly new course versus one that's so historic in terms of Skokie. Yeah, you know, it's a, a different environment, much, you know, it's a different membership in a, at Highlands where, you know, younger and a ton of kids, just a massive number of kids. I'd say, well, shoot, conservatively in, our, in, in the entire junior program at Highlands is well over 75 kids uh, from top to bottom. Uh, at the club, just because the demographics, all the members have kids in that in that age group, and you know, very much a you know more a non-traditional type of golf course, um, and you know, really a growing a growing club, more so. We're obviously Skokie here, much more established, um, and I don't say we don't have as many as many junior uh, as many junior golfers as as Highlands did. That's probably the major difference, but. Um, you know, outside of that, it's it's a it's definitely a different environment of of club, but definitely more traditional, a little more buttoned up than than Highlands uh, was, but definitely a different environment, but a but a really fun one too. There, everybody takes their golf quite serious up here, and that's uh, that's fun when you're teaching people that care about their games and work on it, and and that's what you want as a coach, the students that are that are really motivated to 
to get better and, and want to put some time in. So it's been great. So now what what motivates you as an instructor? I mean, you, you mentioned biomechanics. Are there any specific areas of, say, technology or you know, anything that uh, you you kind of get involved with and that really excites you, like, okay, I want to learn more about this, or, or kind of where are you at right now in terms of that? Right now I would focus, I'm focused probably mostly on the brain and, and how people learn. That's really, that's where I get fascinated of uh, the different strategies people come come with to learn, you know, to to learn golf. And I really like to read a lot about how the how all that process is put together. There are a lot of pieces to the puzzle of how um, you know of, of of how to put together a golf swing and then progress progress that up to how to put the entire game together and coming trying to come up with creative ways to help help all people you know find find their way and, and kind of learn their own solutions to to the game and it probably sides on not maybe me not dictating quite as much of exactly what I think they should do, but kind of manipulating the environment. And so that helps their brain react in a certain way uh, and make the changes they might need to make. So that's where I kind of currently go to. Um, and then all the technology beside that, the one thing with the brain that's limited these days is it's really a difficult thing to measure. Um, we measure ball flight. We can measure, you know, ground reaction force. We can 3D measure the body. Um, we don't really have a great handle on how to measure the brain, so it's a really difficult one. But that's where a lot of my interest is in in learning about the brain and how people learn things uh, is really fun to me. That gets me going. So, uh, is there any, uh, I guess, a tip that you would have for the average Chicago golfer? You know, the person who plays say 20 rounds a year. Uh, you mentioned the brain, and 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 obviously that's a not one of the things that I think tips that, that golfers expect, but is there anything that you would give uh, maybe a, a common misconception or something that could help them improve their capabilities to mentally play the game of golf? Yeah, and I would, I would say what I find with most adult lessons, that most of the lessons are, are stripping away concepts that are not helping that person. Uh, if, if the lesson's gone really, really well, I've actually probably asked the right questions and, and gotten some answers and been able to help that person interpret where their concept of what they need to do is is either incorrect or correct and, and focus on those pieces. So I, I would say the for most people, um, maybe the largest thing that I find with just regular lessons is people don't know where they've hit it on the club face. They think they know. They don't know where they've struck uh, where they've struck the ball in the club face, and it's really, I mean, as simple as it sounds, having the proper awareness. Like, I mean, I've had I have students every week, especially newer students, where you know, well, basically, I test their ability of whether they know where they've struck it on the club face. Because if you think you've hit it on the toe, but you've actually hit it on the heel, there's no chance you're likely to make the proper correction to what you need, even if I don't tell you anything. You're your impression or, or your intention of, of what you're going to change is not likely to be correct. So just sort of aligning what, you, what you're what you trying to accomplish um, with the intention, I think, is, is a really, really important. A lot of my lessons end up, you know, with those basic fundamental steps, and, and it's not getting into, you know, we don't have to get into a lot of heavy detail on how to, on how to do things different. It's 
you know, are you aware of where you're hitting on the club face? Are you aware of where the club's hitting the ground? Like simple awareness things that I that I think we get too far away from with a lot of the technology and the way we measure everything. It's all good players know where they hit on the club face. All good players have the skill of striking the ground in the right spot. Those two basic things, if you're aware and have the right feedback for those, are things that, that can really help you improve if you're struggling, especially with ball striking. So. Okay, great. No, that's a great point. Um, two more questions for you. Number one, you mentioned earlier about uh, goal setting. Uh, what is your approach to goal setting for, say, an average player? Again, you know, I, I would assume it might be different for juniors versus more advanced players, or maybe it isn't. Uh, you know, we can look at it a couple ways. I've One of the creative ways I like to help set goals is actually we make many games out of instruction or, you know, like little tasks that, that they have, that I challenge players to do. And this can be of any, of any skill level. Um, so like that would be like a micro goal within a lesson, right? It's, all right, we need to accomplish this a certain number of times or, you know, relay the feedback correctly a certain number of times. Like that's the maybe mini little goals like that where you make your, make your improvement more game-like can really help you, um, can help with that. With juniors, you know, competitive players, they have more outcome goals. A lot of times it's keeping them in kind of some process goals, like the, taking care of the steps along the way. And so that's where I think sort of the similar concepts can apply, where we have some short-term or intermediate ones or making sure that they're practicing with, with some focus, because so many of them, they, they want the goal. Like, you know, they want to go play in big tournaments. They want to shoot under par or whatever it is. You know, they want to make the high school team. But we need to take care of the details leading up to that. Um, goals for goals for regular players, you know, we get, um, you know, it's a harder one. It's very individual. You know, depends on. I think most people like any like they want to lower their they want to, they want to shoot the best score they've ever shot. So if we can help them get their peak performance to a point where they're better than they were before, that's uh, I think a lot of them are happy with that goal, right? Where they've where they've actually lowered their you know, hit, if they if they have a personal best, that's you know that's something they're going to remember forever until they break it again. So, uh, I think those little little intermediate goals. I really I do a lot of the game based approach to instruction and practice when we work with them. So it, everything has a little bit of a mini goal, and then we may have some larger goals that we set out depending on what the what the player's long term goals might be. But but that's maybe a general overview of, of the goal-setting process for me. Sure. Okay. And, and final question. You have a, uh, a nice perspective because growing up in Northern California, you have a lot of great courses there. What are the courses in the Chicagoland area, different courses that not only have you worked at, but you've played that uh, you really enjoy playing and visiting? And it could be public and private. Yeah, no, I'm very much a probably – pretty traditional. Skokie is one of my favorites. It was before I started working here. Uh, Chicago golf was great. The the one time I've gotten to play out there, I love Shore Acres. I've gotten a chance to play out there a couple times. It's just a fantastic place. You know, sneakily, I really enjoy course two at Cog Hill. Um, it's a really a fun, it's really a fun layout. Um, and also you can make a lot of birdies out there. It's fun too. Um, you know, those would be some of my highlights. Beverly on the south side, a great, a great place to play. Um, you know, those types of places, they are maybe a little more traditional in style. Growing up in Northern California, I got, I had, you know, I played places like Olympic Club and 
uh, Meadow Club, a lot of McKenzie golf courses on the West Coast around where I grew up, uh, some very got to play down at Pebble Beach and Spyglass. So I think more of that traditional style I really like, and there's a ton of places in Chicago that have that have some of that. So um, that's probably where I that's probably where I side. But some of the highlights are are, are those I mentioned. This has been the Chicago Golf Report podcast. Visit chicagogolfreport.com right now for exclusive discount offers, Chicago golf news, and in-depth event listings.